0: Welcome to Wood Talk for Woodworkers by Woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker Mark, Matt, and Shannon.
1: All right, it's Wood Talk number 231. It's a weekend edition for April 3rd, 2015. On today's show, we're going to talk about gluing up panels and nothing more. And we've got a couple of questions from people that came in about this and we figured it was a good thing to talk about just in a very general sense and kind of go around the room, around the table so to speak, to talk about what we each individually do because we probably have very different approaches at this point. So let's just dive right into the meat of it. Uh, Now for me, I actually had a lot of panel glue ups to do for this particular project. I had solid wood side panels, for the most recent uh, projects to come out of the shop a nightstand and a chest of drawers so I got to like review and go back to my my panel glue up strategies and you know honestly guys it's something that changes over time for me like it just I have different preferences I get to use a little bit more hand tools or things I worry about a little bit less now that maybe I worried about more before Uh, but also there are new tools that come along that open up opportunities that may not have been there before Um, so I'll just jump right in and say what I do this last time what I found to be the most pleasurable is I if the panel first of all if the panel can go through the planer or the drum sander uh, I actually keep it a little bit thick because I know I'm going to be able to process it afterwards if the panel is uh, if it, it's too big then I'm going to have to get down to final thickness pretty damn close to final thickness right away and then maybe just kind of scrape or hand plane my way down to the finish thickness after the glue up. So that kind of changes my approach to the strategy depending on what the total width of it is. But either way, I do uh, quite a bit of milling to get these things nice and square on the edge, make sure that it's a gap-free joint and now, you know, I cannot get away from using the domino on these things because it's, it's so accurate and it keeps those boards aligned perfectly, like way better than any other method that I would have ever used, calls or biscuits or dowels or splines, whatever. Uh, it works so well in keeping everything aligned that I just cannot get away from it. And now I discovered kind of what feels like a little bit of an added benefit to it is if you use long enough dominoes, and I think I mentioned this a couple shows ago, long enough dominoes kind of help support keeping these boards nice and flat. Uh, because panels do want to move after glue-up sometimes. And I find that it helps promote flatness because you've got this nice uh, you know, piece crossing that border uh, between the, 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 the joint there between the boards. And it helps promote it's li- flatness. It's like a panel with
2: a, uh, a jelly center, but instead it's a batten center.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's a little <laughs> bit of internal support. Okay baked in domino goodness. Beautiful. Mm, it tastes delicious. But uh but I found that that's been pretty effective for me. I still follow all the same general panel, you know, glue up rules where you want to make sure that everything is nice and square. If it if you put those two panels together on a flat surface and you see gaps or you you see like a big gap going all the way down the length, that's a problem. You need to fix it. So I do all that stuff. I will typically take my edges and you know, I've got a a really nice jointer, it does a fine job, but there's still a little bit of washboarding that can happen, so a lot of, ta- a lot of times I'll take them over to the workbench, give them a quick pass with a smoothing plane, and just one pass, that's all it takes, just get those high spots down, and then do the domino thing and glue those suckers together. Uh, the last detail is that I will alternate my clamps, so I want one clamp up, and I use usually parallel clamps for this, one clamp up, one clamp down, one clamp up, one clamp down, all the way across, and that helps to equalize the pressure and further promotes a nice flat panel. And for the most part, that's my strategy. Um, so Matt, what about you? Do you, you do anything differently than that?
0: Um, no, very, very similar. Uh, I also occasionally, depending on how big the panel is and how important it is for me to make sure that I have the alignment right along the the glue joint, I will break out uh, my, my biscuit joiner. I haven't used it in a, in a long time. And Uh, knock on wood, I'm probably going to totally mess myself up now. I haven't really had a severe enough issue that just either coming in with a card scraper or just a really light pass, pass with a hand plane doesn't take care of it and kind of hide that little inconsistency on it. Perhaps the only thing that I might do differently is I'm not as... While I do occasionally put uh, one clamp on the opposite end, so alternate it like what you described when doing the glue up. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually over the years I haven't done that nearly as much, and I haven't had at least I haven't noticed a significant issue uh, with the panels. Uh, I know oftentimes people will say it's gonna there's too much pressure and it's gonna cause it to bow in one way or the other. I don't know. I, I haven't really had too much of an issue, so I might maybe only apply one clamp on, on the alternate side, but for sure I am at the point now that, uh, much like what you described when it comes to creating a panel, if I know it's narrow enough to get through my 13 inch, uh, thickness planer, I am so going to glue it up and not even worry about how uneven they are from each other. I'll try and get them in the ballpark, but you know what, when I run it through the thickness planer, it's going to take care of it. So (laughs) why even, why even worry about it? Um, one thing I do, and I I don't know why I don't do this all the time, uh, because it's really nice. Is uh, occasionally I will do a sprung joint when it comes to uh, putting together some panels. Uh, I guess it again it depends on maybe the overall length of the piece because sure, if it's something yeah. that's really long and I'm going to need a lot of clamps uh, to get the uh, get it clo- not closed but together, then I might go more towards like a sprung joint. In the sense that that way it's I can use less clamps and get a really nice tight glue line off of it but uh, I don't do it that often so yeah that's that's pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. I
1: think that's just how you explain the giant gaps between your boards. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that's, a, that's what we call a sprung joint in the
0: industry. A sprung joint. <laughs> I, I like to call that the peekaboo effect. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: See, I joined two live edges together to get this cool hourglass <laughs> effect in the middle. Oh, look at this. Uh, so, Shannon, I imagine your approach is going to be quite different than, than ours, so I'd like to hear what you usually do. Totally different. And and I admit that um
2: a lot of this idea was uh, – a lot of this episode was kind of my idea because of the episode you just mentioned about the domino thing. You got me thinking weeks ago, maybe months ago, whenever you said you were using dominoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I was watching one of your videos where you you went through the whole alternating clamp thing and you got this like perfectly flat panel when you're gluing it up. And then I saw Matt doing something similar and I started going – what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> Cause I don't do any of that. And I started thinking back to like my er- early woodworking days and I actually went out and I bought, this was years ago, went out and bought one of those panel clamps it mounts on the wall and you, you put the clamp or put the panel in it vertically. Oh, And it, it it's like a, um, it reminds me of like a a rooftop ski rack mm-hmm. where okay. this, kind of thing comes down and sandwiches the skis in place it does the same thing it sandwiches and holds the panel flat and then there's a a regular um, threaded clamp on the end that actually provides the clamping pressure across the joint Um, there's a panel clamp i think was the name of it it was a cool system but i ended i honestly ended up using it less and less because it was like you needed to have a third hand in order to make it work you were like holding stuff in place and everything um, it was really expensive too. Well, plus the space,
1: yeah. the space it takes up and stuff. I'd imagine like, unless yeah. you're, unless you're doing a lot of like output from your shop, how right. often do you actually need that? Well, thing?
2: and it's very similar to, um, the panel clamps you see in like industrial centers. We used to have a, a panel, um, room in our, at the lumber yard before it burnt down in the eighties. Hmm. Hmm an issue but um yeah I have a lot of these tools that I regret buying I need to go back to Tom's workbench or back to the, the wood whisper poll and yeah
1: you got vote. a post on there I have to vote again tell us all about it <laughs> how many times can I vote
2: um, but so there was a time when I was really focused on getting that perfectly level joint in the clamps so that all I had to do was like clean up a glue line and I was done and I was just gluing up some panels um, not only this weekend but a couple weekends ago and I pulled out the roughs on boards and they were both um, by accident, but they ended up being quarter sawn boards. And I was like, okay, so they're relatively flat. There was very little cup to them. And I looked at it and I was like, well, when I glue this up, I'm just going to come back with a hand plane and flatten the panel when it comes out of clamps. So why am I going to go to all the trouble to flatten these boards now? So I did the whole match plane thing where I took the two roughs on boards and I folded them together on one another like a book, mm-hmm. planed both edges, didn't care whether it was 90 degrees or whatever, because the angles are complementary. unfold it, glued it together and pulled out of the clamps. And I had a rough sawn panel that I then ended up flattening with, with a hand plane, just like I would have done before. And it saved me a whole bunch of time. So then when I was gluing them up this weekend, I ran into the same thing, but they weren't quarter sawn boards. They had the typical cup across the face. So I turned the board um, so that the, the concave side was up and just, took a plane along the grain on either edge just to reduce that cup so that they sat relatively flat on the bench, mm-hmm. took those two faces, pushed them towards one another, match plane them in the vise, glued them together, pulled it out, and I planed the entire panel together. And, you know, it wasn't even close to flat. The glue line, I didn't really worry whether the glue line was perfectly level. In fact, it was almost impossible to do that because we had roughs on boards. But, you know, as, as Matt said if it happens to fit through my planer, I don't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. I run it through the planer and and mill it down. And of course, now that I've got a 20-inch planer, there's a lot of panels that go through there. Sure, But it, it got me thinking about, is it just because of I didn't want to have to worry about flattening it later? I don't know what made me think that I had to have a perfectly flat panel coming out of the clamps when I just ended up replaning it anyway. So yeah, these days, it's... It's very um, kind of run and gun. I, I mean, I, I loved the idea when I heard you mention about the domino because that—believe me—that's one tool that would tempt any Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool yeah, tool. just to be done you know, with mortise and tenon that fast. It's it's the 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 dirty secret that Neanderthals won't admit to in public that we all secretly want a domino because it <laughs> makes it makes and tenons really fast. But I started thinking, oh, that would be a really cool way to um, to make my glue up my panel glue ups go faster, and then. Thought that's just not going to work in my shop because I don't go to the trouble of doing, I just make sure that I've got an edge that joins up without gaps and and I'm good to go. And I just end up re-flattening it later. So I wonder
1: how many people would take like a power tool side approach to that because you've got to do the same thing if you have a planer sled. And let's say it's wide enough to get through your planer. You can do the rough concept just like you're talking about, uh, get the edges glued together. And then put it on a little sled. And as long as you could support the high points and stabilize it, run it through the planer to flatten one side uh, and then just flip it over and run it through on the other side. That might not be a bad way to go. Heck yeah. Well,
2: you know, and I started doing this way back when um, the, the joiner and cabinet maker, the book that lost art press put out, when that came out, there was a, um, the first project in that um, packing crate, there's a, a paragraph in there where Thomas, our hero takes two roughs on boards Match planes them and glues them together. And there's a little footnote. I think Joel Moskowitz was the one writing the footnotes, or whether it was Chris Schwartz or whatever. In the footnote, they're like, he just took a rough sun board and like glued it up. Like, oh my God, that's like so against everything we've been taught. And I started thinking, why am I going to the trouble of flattening these boards now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it came down to before was a capacity thing. You know, I wasn't able to flatten that board without running across a joiner when I had a six inch joiner and running it through the planer. And now I I, I don't I don't have those tools anymore. So it was kind of interesting. It changed totally how I do panels. And I've also found that there are very few instances when I need that panel to be perfectly flat. You know, if it's a panel for like a case side and I'm going to be dovetailing it to something else, then yeah, it's got to be flat. Yeah. But if it's a floating panel, whatever. It just doesn't need to be perfect. (laughs) You know, and in fact, um, I got into this conversation with a door manufacturer client. He specifically makes his, for frame and panel doors, he specifically makes them bowed. And he'll put, um, there's two panels on exterior doors because there's an air gap, like an insulation gap in between the panels. He'll make them so that they are um, cupped so that they fit in the groove really tightly um you know there's there's expansion and contraction room but because of the curvature to the panel it goes in the um in the the fixed width groove and it actually kind of has to be hammered in because that cup is is making it really tight in the groove right. and it makes sure that the panel doesn't ever loosen or rattle over time. Oh, interesting. So I was like, oh, there you go. There's a pro tip from the industry. They specifically put cupped panels into their doors.
1: I was going to say, there's a lot of things like that, like sprung joints, things that at first you would think are counterintuitive, but as an experienced person in the industry, you realize there's these little tricks you could do to break the rules that actually make things work in your favor, but it's it's something that only experience can tell you. Uh, which right, is pretty there, cool. That
0: reminds me of when I was making the uh, planar sled uh, for a, a bonus episode uh, for the patrons of Matt's basement workshop at patron, patreon.com slash Matt's basement workshop. Um, that was one of the, <laughs> the things that they talked about was to make the sled nice and thick. If you actually had a couple of uh, boards that were say bowed, if you sandwiched them so that those bows are facing each other, holy cripey, Could you make that thing nice and flat?
1: Crikey. Mm. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's just about it. I like these single topic shows nice and quick. Uh, and if you want to hear more of these you should go to woodtalkshow.com and look in that right hand column for the donation links a one time donation or an occur uh, an occurring yeah it will occur but we prefer when it <laughs> when it recurs um, we, we like it occur donations. over <laughs> and
0: over and over <laughs>
1: exactly multiple occurrences of occurring donations
2: that recur are even better there you go
1: uh, and you know what you can also go to woodtalkshow.com slash giveaway and enter to win some pretty cool stuff And we'll announce a winner on that pretty darn soon. So uh, Matt, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here.
0: All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, a question, or a topic suggestion? There are several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com. Or leave us a comment on our WoodTalk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads for today's show or previous ones, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com.
1: Very nice. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. See See ya. ya. Do you guys find my, my sick voice sexy?
0: It does, actually. I'm thinking... A little hmm, bit. Hmm...